it's another episode of Delisted, the podcast. I'm, you know what I'm going to say here. I'm Michael K. And I'm Allison. So I'm recording this from my apartment and not from the um, office of the architect I hired to build a replica of the Carrington Mansion from Dynasty on a deserted island. And that's because I didn't win Mega Millions or Powerball. Nobody did. That's terrible news. So if you listen to our last episode, I begged for everyone to pray for me to win both Mega Millions and Powerball because I'm not greedy at all. So either you're really good at praying and prayed for me to lose, or you suck at praying because I didn't win. I didn't even win a dollar. Oh my God. That's well, or Michael, there's a third option too. God was playing the Powerball as well, and he ignored all the prayers because he wanted to win. Well, our Lord and Savior, my Lord and Savior, B. Arthur, th- is what I'm yes. thinking is that she, that a measly $1 billion isn't enough for me. She knows that even if I win $1 billion, you know, I'd still have to save my pennies to make ends meet. So she wants me True. to win the bigger back jackpot. So It's that's- like they always say, when B opens a door, no, wait, oh, I already screwed that joke up. You know what I'm talking about. The one I know what you're going the windows. With. So anyway, right. so now Mega Millions, the drawing is Tuesday night, is up to $1.6 billion. Power wow. Bottom Ball, which the drawing <laughs> is on Wednesday, is at $620 million. Oh, my God. You want to know what's really depressing about all this talk? What? Is that, so, like, you said $1.6 billion, right? Yeah. Okay. Do you want to know how much, like, Ontario lottery is this are? math? Oh no, it's not math. <laughs> How much is Ontario lot? A moose. It's a yeah, moose it's a and moose. a bottle of maple syrup. Yeah, a hot guy will like pour maple syrup down his chest, and you can lick it off. No, our lotteries are like a big, huge jackpot is like twenty million dollars, and that's like that's like insane. Like everybody goes out and buys tickets and stuff. Well, twenty million dollars is still a lot. I take twenty million dollars. I take a moose. I take maple syrup. I just take someone winning so I can stop playing Mega Millions and Powerball, wasting my money because I'm sick of going to the liquor store to buy tickets. So let's just pray that somebody wins. So Allison suggested starting the show with the story that broke today about Sarah Silverman saying that she let Louis C.K. jack off in front of her sometimes. And... I was like, nope, I'm not touching that. And I'm sorry for that pun. I just realized that was that was a term. Oh, I know. So, See, we we should have done it. There's already the jokes no. write themselves. Oh. No, no, no. I I don't I've already showered twice today for <laughs> reasons we're not gonna get into. I don't need to shower a third time. Think of the water. Yeah. <laughs> so instead we're going to go into the Super Bowl. Yes. Which is also sort of a serious conversation, but not nearly as awkward and awful as Louis C.K. and Sarah Silverman. So for a long time now, I'd say for like a month, maybe, there's been a rumor that Maroon 5 would be headlining Super Bowl LII or Super Bowl 53 for you, for those of you who aren't into Roman numerals. Um, sorry, headlining the Super Bowl halftime show, not headlining I know. Super Bowl. I, I, I'd rather watch that. I'd rather watch them get pummeled imagine it's like the atlanta falcons versus maroon five Versus the guy from maroon five yeah. yeah so hearing that news is kind of a bummer because it's maroon five 
which, you know, there are worse, there are worse bands that could play, but still. Um, and on Friday, though, we found out that there was, there's an even bigger bummer to this story, which is that Rihanna had allegedly been offered the halftime show first. So we could have had a Rihanna halftime show, which I'm, I'm picturing what that would have been like. And it's beautiful. What my mind is making up is beautiful. So the reason though that Rihanna didn't, the reason she turned it down, um, according to a source that spoke to us weekly, is that she supports Colin Kaepernick and she didn't want anything to do with the Super Bowl because she supports his, um, protest. And I mean, I would, I'd have to assume you're living under a rock if you're not familiar with like the Colin Kaepernick situation. He's been actively protesting like police violence and racism and inequality since 2016 when he kneeled during the national anthem. Um, he hasn't played in the league since 2016 either because the NFL. Well, I mean, to call it a conspiracy theory is kind of a reach. It's not even that much of a conspiracy theory. Yeah. They like don't want the protest happening, but it still happens. People are still kneeling during the national anthem. Um, so that was, that was allegedly Rihanna's reason for turning it down. However, well, and then, yeah, yeah and then Entertainment ahead. Tonight said they claimed that yes. Rihanna and Pink were both kind of in talks. Yes. But that the talks took too long and that. Colin Kaepernick's name never came up in these negotiations. Exactly. Just the negotiations were dragged out too long. And they were and like, they were like we fuck to... this. Yeah. yeah. We're like, let's pick somebody who we know is going to say yes. That is Maroon 5. So um, after, pardon me, after we found out that Rihanna was supposed to be doing the halftime show, Amy Schumer decided to pipe up with her thoughts on Instagram so she called out Adam Levine and the other Maroon 4 to follow Rihanna and boycott the Super Bowl halftime show. And she wrote, once you witness the truly deep inequality and endless racism people of color face in our country, not to mention the police brutality and murders, why not kneel next to your brothers? Otherwise, how are you not complicit? I think it would be cool if Maroon 5 backed out of Super Bowl like Rihanna did. I personally told my reps I wouldn't do a Super Bowl commercial this year. I know it must sound like a privilege like a privileged ass sacrifice, but it's all I've got. Hitting the NFL with the advertisers is the only way to really hurt them. And Amy Schumer's done a bunch of Super Bowl commercials. In 2016, she did that Bud Light one with Seth Rogen. That was... Not anymore. So sorry, people. If you were hoping to see her in a Super Bowl commercial this next year, it's not going to happen. But remember when Adam Levine tried to show us how woke he was by slamming MTV for not nominating child... Just Cambino for VMA, and then Child Just Cambino was nominated. Yes. So I wonder if he's going to try to earn more woke po- woke posts, woke <laughs> points by pulling out, or they're just going to do the entire performance while kneeling. But I feel like they're going to do something to honor Callan Kaepernick, and it may or may not be cringeworthy. It will, which means it will be. It will be. I don't think they could kneel because. Adam Levine's pants are too tight. I don't think he can get down at that angle. Oh, if he can wear um, shorty shorts. I'm, I would be okay with that. Like I would not, but <laughs> I'm glad one of us is. I don't want them to boycott necessarily because here's the thing. If I understand what Amy Schumer is saying, and I totally, like, I'm on board with Rihanna. Like, if you want to boycott it and you really believe in this, like, boycott it. Uh, someone very close to me is very into football and it's... It's just insane to me the kind of stuff that, you know, 
the fact that people, I, this is a bigger conversation basically, but it's just, it's crazy to me that people are so upset about people taking a knee. But if they, what I'm trying to say is if Maroon 5 does pull out, then who is the backup to the backup? Yeah. And who's going, nobody's going to take it. It's going to be like Ted Nugent with Scott Bayo doing slam poetry and Tommy Lauren go-go dancing in the back. Oh, That's God. pretty much what it's going to be. Yeah. With if special, they back out. Because nobody's going to touch no. it. With a special guest appearance by like some desperate YouTuber who is like, what? Kneeling? I've never heard of that. Like, that's it. Or it's just going to be like the wife of one of the team owners showing everyone how she makes her famous Velveeta queso dip for all 10 minutes of the that. halftime show. I'd probably watch that. But I'm glad that Rihanna didn't say yes, because if she did then I'd have to watch. It's like every single year when it gets time to announce who's going to perform, I'm always like, please don't let it be anyone I like. Please, please, please. So when it was Maroon 5, like I did that touchdown dance because uh, now I don't have to watch it. Yeah, because if it was Rihanna, I 100% would have watched and I would have been that person like shushing people, shushing people like they're talking and I'm like, shh, Rihanna's on, shut up. I don't yeah, want to be that person. At a Super there would have been titty. Yeah. So let's move on to a much more riveting story, not Prince William's jealousy over Prince Harry and Duchess Meghan. So Prince Harry and Duchess Meghan are currently taking Australia by storm during their Down Under tour. Many people are loving them. Yeah. I am not one of them because every way that, everywhere they go, they're holding hands they're hugging. It's gross. I don't need to see that. Out of all the things that Prince Harry can shove down my throat, his PDA with his wife is not one of them. <laughs> it's mean. It's wrong. So the Daily Beast reports that Prince William, I shouldn't say reports, I should say speculates, yeah. that Prince William might agree with me and might not be loving their Australian tour. So they did a piece on how Prince William is known to be a jealous bitch like his father and um, a source claims that Duchess Kate tries not to overshadow her husband because, she, you know, she knows that he wants all the attention. Um, just like how Prince Charles got jealous of Princess Diana getting all the attention. And just like how Prince George gets jealous of everything. Of everyone getting attention. So sources say that Prince William has a major temper and has been known to say plenty of fucks and cunts he just while got very throwing interesting. a tantrum. I know. That's the most interesting thing I've ever heard about him. So the staff of Kensington Palace also referred to him as King Billy or King William because of how aware he is about his future as the King of England. So back to Harry and Meghan's Australian tour. So one of their stops brought out 15,000 people, which is a lot of people. That's a lot. There's been at least 4 million articles a day about their tour, and there's still more than a week to go. So the ba the Daily Beast doesn't come out and say that Prince William is jealous of Meghan and Harry. They just kind of speculate that since everyone is jizzing at the eyes about shiny new Meghan mm -hmm. and are bored with William and Kate, that William might be jealous. Yeah. They're like the... And also... Megan and Harry are like the biggest things to hit Australia since Roger the Buff Kangaroo. Yeah. Like, I can't think of anything bigger from Australia. Well, Not even and, Crocodile Dundee. And during one of her, during one of their stops, Megan made banana bread. So how is Kate going to compete with that? That bitch ain't going to make jam. 
No. She can't com- compete with banana bread. No, she's like, look, I got three kids at home. I can barely summon someone to brush my hair. I'm not making you a damn banana bread. Yeah. Um, I want to know, like, I, I'm very into whenever the royals go and visit another place, because it always just brings out the stereotypes of that country. Like, in Australia, they went and visited a koala, I think, and then... A panda koala. They yeah. visited Kylie Minogue. Yeah, like... What, I, what else? Kath and Kim. Yeah, yeah, they came. I'm praying that we get some pictures of Harry blowing into a didgeridoo. Oh, you said it right. I know. I I got nervous for a second. Yeah, (laughs) I'm going to get one framed and I'll give it to you for Christmas. Um, But I want to know why Megan hasn't paid tribute to Australia's greatest fashion designer, which is, of course, Olivia Newton-John and her koala blue line of sweatshirts. She said... It's it's actually well. There's still like 45 more days on this tour, 10 to be exact. So that's coming up. But back to the jealousy. Yes. So, I mean, the thing is, like, the tabloids keep trying to pit Megan and Kate against each other, like Alexis versus Crystal, and like as much as I want to see them, yeah, as much as I want to see them wrestle in a water fountain, I don't think there's a rivalry, like. I think Kate is probably, well, if I was Kate, I'd be happy that Megan was more popular than me and getting more attention because then people would want her at their events instead of me. And so she'd have to go and like wave hands and fake smile. And I get to sit at home and drink gin cocktails with the queen. Oh, yeah. That's a much better position to be in. Oh, yeah. Being popular or being less popular means less work. I don't understand how anyone would have a problem with that. No. And I don't think prince william cares either but if he really is like an undercover asshole who constantly calls people fucks and cunts then i've been crushing on the wrong prince i know because that's the prince to get on i mean i'm gonna start having wet dreams about him cursing me out while i lick that bald spot (laughs) and also i i feel like later on this evening you're gonna be like i take it back harry i never meant those words Oh no! If Prince, if I hear that Prince William is cursing like, you know, like Joan Rivers, then no, bye bye Harry. And then so, his nickname is King Billy. Yes, um, yeah, Prince Hot Bald Spot. That would be his name. So, <laughs> Titanic Two. So, a company called Blue Star Line has been trying to build a replica of the original Titanic called Titanic Two Electric Trick. Ice Burgaloo. I was going to say Shipaloo. <laughs> For years and years and years and years. Yeah. So construction stopped for a while because of legal and financial issues. But the company announced that construction started up again last month in China, and Titanic 2 is scheduled to make its two-week maiden voyage in 2022. So Titanic 2 is costing around $500 million. It will have the exact same layout as the original. Its two-week maiden trip will start in Dubai, and then go to Southampton, England, and then on to New York. So the original, as we all saw in James James Cameron or John Cameron? James, James Cameron's Cameron. documentary. The original yeah. maiden voyage was Southampton to New York. And we all know it never made it to New York because on April 12th, 1912, mm-hmm. it sunk, killing more than 1,500 people, including a young Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, it's, so, it's sunk around Canada. It's one of our only thing like our canada's wikipedia page is very small but there's definitely a part about how it sunk near canada that and alan thick are your claim to fame 
Exactly. So, so Titanic, many. the original, carried 2,400 passengers and 900 crew members. Titanic 2 will carry almost the same amount. Oh um, if it doesn't sink during its maiden voyage, the Titanic 2 will make other trips around the world. So have you actually seen pictures of steerage class on the original Titanic? Because they say the layout is going to be exact. The steerage is like a rec oh. room with bunk beds. It, it There were two bathtubs for 700 people. So like, is the Ace Hotel going to sponsor that section on the Titanic 2? Because only hipsters are going to think it's cute to pay for that shit. Oh, it's steer. I've seen the pictures of steerage. It looks like the waiting room at jury duty. Like it's this lawless place. <laughs> but here's the thing. I don't know what I'd rather suffer through. Because I've never been on a cruise. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna state my ignorance right now. Oh, I have, and I love them. Because you really? get dr- yeah, you get see, drunk like 24 hours. But see, I was gonna say cruise ships to me seem gross because everybody that I know that's been on a cruise has gotten sick from buffet shrimp. Like everyone has a shit well, that's because they're eating buffet shrimp. You don't eat that anywhere. Well, I mean, sometimes sometimes you want shrimp, Michael, and when you're out at don't sea, don't eat it from the buffet. <laughs> well, anyway, so to me. To me, cruises are gross, whether it be Titanic 1 or Titanic 2. Mm-hmm. It's kind of all seems gross. So I, but the thing is like, but it, because it's Titanic themed, I don't know what would be worse to me is floating through icy water on a door or watching 2,400 people stand at the front of that boat shouting, I'm king of the world. I know. Like, I, I really can't choose. Both of those are terrible options to me. And my heart will go on is going to be playing everywhere. So like after a day of that, you'll be praying for the ship to hit an iceberg, basically. You're going to be throwing the door off the ship yourself and just jumping onto it. But I will say that if there's a young Leonardo DiCaprio impersonator on board who will paint you like one of his French girls and fuck you in a car, I'm 100% in. So now we're going to go over five very important stories rather quickly-ish, starting with Amy Schumer being pregnant. Amy Schumer um, is pregnant with a baby she made with her husband of eight months, Chris Fisher. They only dated for a few months before getting married. She announced it on Instagram with a picture of her head photoshopped on Duchess Meghan's pregnant body and Chris's head photoshopped on Prince Harry's body. She also directed people to her friend Jessica Yellen's Instagram story. Jessica runs a political news site called News Not Noise. So Jessica put up a list of Amy's choices for candidates to vote for in the midterms, midterm elections. And at the end of the list, it said, I'm pregnant, Amy Schumer. So rest in peace, Amy Schumer's drunk slut shtick. Yeah. And it will be missed. And I'm sorry to Amy Schumer's publicist who completely got cut out of this equation. <laughs> oh, they probably they probably worked on it. Yeah. Um, so because they can tie in the midterms, they were like, "How can we tie in her pregnancy to the midterms?" Because you know she's all about that right now. Oh yeah, which in, is good. In but, that yeah. ca- in that case, I'm happy that someone got a check. Yeah. So, um, that maternity ward nurse, like, so obviously I'm getting ahead of myself because I'm already picturing that baby. And the first thing I could think of was a maternity ward nurse 
like shouting over the intercom about like a code amber someone has stolen the schumer baby and replaced it with a cabbage patch doll and then being like oh my god wait a minute this isn't a doll it's an actual human baby because you know that thing is going to look like it came from xavier roberts yeah and i'm i'm not there yet i'm not thinking of the baby yet i'm thinking of her trademarking the phrase pregnancy pussy farts because that's going to be the name of her upcoming netflix special her stand-up tour her books and says all she's going to talk about while being pregnant is pregnant queefs. And oh. I'm ready for that because I love pregnancy queef talk. <laughs> so uh, Pete Davidson broke his legendary silence about his breakup from Ariana Grande at Judd Apatow's comedy show in L.A. over the weekend. He joked about needing a room to rent and having to cover up all the tattoos he got in tribute to Ariana, and he also said that he's sad but not too sad to masturbate. I better scratch off never too sad to masturbate off the list of possible titles in my memoir because that was one. That's a perfect one. I would say yeah. that's also a good name for a spinoff podcast, too. Yeah, um, or for an Adele song. Oh, whole album. <laughs> um, Pete Davidson talking about covering up his tattoos is, I know that I'm supposed to feel bad for him, but like, it probably didn't even hurt. Like, how dry was that ink even on those tattoos? I bet they were able to just, like, wipe off most of it with a wet, a wet rag. Who knew that I would stumble over the words wet rag? <laughs> Point is, what I'm trying to get out of here is Net those tattoos wag. were, like, a, a week, <laughs> a week old. And, like, please, he didn't cover them. Because he's going to need mementos of the thing that made him famous. Because it's, like, in 40 years, he's going to want to point to one of those tattoos while telling his grandchildren about the time he fucked a pop star. And they're going to be like, we've heard this 7,000 times already. We know. Yeah, they're like, Grandpa, come on, you weren't famous. Stop it. (laughs) So Radar says that Queen Latifah's partner of about five years, choreographer Ebony Nichols, is pregnant. There's paparazzi pictures of Ebony, and yeah, she looks pregnant. So Queen Latifah and Ebony are also engaged, apparently. Queen Latifah has never publicly come out and said yep i'm a lesbian yeah and i don't i firmly believe queen latifah will never say that so i'm kind (laughs) of like even though that there's like so much evidence the fact that she's engaged to a woman and that woman is pregnant like i don't think queen latifah will ever say anything and i'm kind of into it like i want her to even like someone i want her to have someone ask her about the pictures and be like oh those pictures of me holding a baby i have no idea what you're talking about no see and i think and I think she has to, she has to come out now, unless she's going to call this kid like her niece or nephew. And when she does come out, expect for the mind of your auntie to be blown over <laughs> Queen Latifah not being straight. And she probably barely got over Barry Manilow coming out last year. So middle-aged auntie minds are going to be blown over the fact that Queen Latifah is not straight. Yeah. So Chris Pine goes full Pine meaning you can see the dick and pubes, uh, in Netflix's Outlaw King. And while on the Graham Norton show, he said that he loved the internet thirsting over it. And Sally Field, who is also a guest on the show, said she totally understands the fascination with Chris Pine's dick. So there's a scene in the film where I am, I, I, I bear the, bear the, <laughs> do the full Monty. Yes. And uh, yeah, that seemed to... Um, well, yeah. See, see, <laughs> Glad that he's okay with everybody thirsting over it because nobody's going to stop doing that. No, not yet. It's good promo. 
Yeah. Oh, it's great marketing. We're so hard up for seeing like a celebrity penis or celebrity balls that if they just put there's a dick in this movie on the poster, they'd be guaranteed. I'll to throw sell, my like, money at it. Yeah. yeah. Ever I would go see it. I don't even care what the movie is. Like, but if there's a chance, I'll go. And I'm like now I know that when I watch the outlook. Uh, outlaw king which i will just because like you said there's yeah. chris pine's dick in it but i'm going to like how knowing that sally field and i will both have our eyes pressed to the screen and our hands pressed to our loins because oh, yeah. she cares as much as we do yeah celebs they're just like us and finally chris hemsworth posted an instagram video of he and a hot friend the friend is hot you should look at the video picking up an american hitchhiker in brisbane they then gave the hitchhiker a helicopter lift to Byron Bay. Okay, so we've uh, just landed in uh, Brizzy. We've uh, just seen a guy who's hitchhiking to Byron Bay. That's where we're going, isn't Land it? Landed Byron, we'll give him a lift. Little does he know that we're getting a chopper. A helicopter? That's the luckiest hitchhiker in the world. Also, Chris Hemsworth is smart because, I mean, would I pick up a hitchhiker? Absolutely not. But... Chris Hemsworth picking up a hitchhiker, there's no risk of him getting murdered because any possible murderer will get hypnotized by his muscles and his hot face and they'll forget about murdering him. Yeah. And if I was hitchhiking and Chris Hemsworth and his hot friend picked me up, my only words would be, please tell me this is the bang bus. (laughs) Oh, Michael. (laughs) Actually, I'd also say, give me five minutes to douche because you got to keep it clean for Thor. This is the part of the show where Allison and I will review a movie we both saw. And the movie we both saw over the weekend was Halloween. We weren't alone because it made $77.5 million at the domestic box office. So this Halloween is the sequel to the very first one, which came out in 1978. All those other Halloween movies with Jamie Lee in it don't count. They didn't happen. Yeah. So we are probably going to give a few spoilers in this review. So if you don't want to be spoiled, this is where you leave us. So goodbye. Um, and Allison, you wrote this post on Delisted, the site. And you said your theater was empty and probably because you went on a Sunday morning. Sunday I was, morning? I was there Sunday at noon. And um, yeah, it was it was dead. Ooh, no pun intended. So but it was. I saw, there was no uh, one there. <laughs> yeah. So I saw it on a Friday night in L.A. So oh. it was packed it was packed so there were a few people saying shit at the screen like oh girl don't go in there you know how people do that (laughs) i wasn't that often yeah i love it too um if it was a serious art film like showgirls i probably would not like that and i would call the police but it was halloween so i like that but the what's the worst is there's then the people who shush the hecklers and that's more annoying because i'd rather hear the heckler is then a shush sound. Well, and also you went to see a movie on a Friday night in a busy theater. Yeah, what are you expecting? Movie. Yeah. Like, okay. So, of course there's going to be shouting. Now let's get to the movies. Yes. So the good. And for yes. me, the good, I have three words. Okay. Actually four words. Okay. Jamie Lee fucking Curtis. Oh, yeah. She's she my, was first, and she's my first note on my stuff too. Yeah. Um, she was great from start to finish. I love the look they gave her too. Like she looks like she breeds hairless cats for a living, like from head to toe. She's, she was great. It was a a real character choice. Yeah. The only thing she gives a fuck about is hunting down and killing Michael Myers. I mean, she doesn't give a fuck about going to the salon. She doesn't give a fuck about accessories, which is why she's wearing 
you know, the glasses that come in a three-pack from Walgreens. The cheaters. Yeah, she Reader doesn't cheaters. care. Yeah, that. She doesn't care about landscaping, which is why her yard looks a mess. She only cares about killing Michael Myers. Yeah, for 40 years, every day she's woken up and thought to herself, okay, what new weapon can I build to take down Michael Myers in case he ever escapes from the loony bin and tracks me down? She was she was so great. I know that they don't give out Oscars for just being a person, but like Jamie Lee Curtis should get an Oscar just for being Jamie Lee Curtis. And I loved, I did love how like Jamie Lee, her daughter played by Judy Greer, and then her granddaughter, I don't know who plays her, her granddaughter, teaming up to kill Michael Myers because it was very like take down the patriarchy. And yeah. I was into that. Yeah. And it was like great to see a film in which the survivors are three generations of women. Like there isn't just one person who lives at the end. Three people live at the end and they're women. And one of the women is old. She's a grandma. And the other one is a middle-aged woman. One of the women is old. One of the women is an Activia spokeswoman. Yes. She's a very regular woman who has probiotics in her gut. She's good gut health. Um, I will piggyback onto your good quickly too. It's a smaller good, but for me, I was very excited about the appearance of PJ Souls. Who's that? Okay, so PJ Souls is like my... She is like probably right up there. Like she's like maybe my Shauna Sand. I love PJ Souls. So she was in the original one. She's... Oh, in Carrie, she's the bitch who always wears like the pigtails and the hat. Well, who does she play in this? Okay, so in the movie, she has a cameo. She's the woman talking on the phone inside her house. Oh, the one watching Voyagers. I on think? the TV screen. And she's okay. making a sandwich or something. And yeah, then Michael like talk- Myers creeps up on her. And we don't see it, but he kills her. No, we do see it. He like slits her throat. She's like at the window. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. okay. okay. <gasps> oh, no, you're talking about the woman in the kitchen. No, PJ Souls is talking to her friend in her like beautiful living room. And she's like, oh, okay, yeah, I should shut the door. Okay. I should lock the doors, whatever. Now and I know yeah. what you mean. Yeah, so PJ Souls is incredible. And I'm so glad that she got a cameo. She deserves more work. But yeah, she was great. And another another part I liked were the kids. And I usually yeah. hate kids in movies, but the two kids in it were highlights. So there was the one boy who was basically all of us. He's the one who was getting babysat by a blonde girl, and she dies because duh, she's Vicky, a blonde Vicky babysitter. Vicky, the babysitter. Yeah, she's a blonde babysitter. She was going to die. So he was smart enough to run out of the house. He's the figure of wisdom he was in perfect. that movie. Yeah. Also, and then there's the other yeah. kid who's in the truck with his dad. You know, when they drive up on the yeah. scene of the bus that crashed and Michael Myers and a bunch <laughs> of other inmates are in it. So he's, t- before they drive up to the scene of the bus crash, the kid is telling his dad how much he loves his dance classes. And yeah. I loved that scene. And sadly, the kid gets killed by Michael Myers. So he's never going to dance again. No, he also had kind of Lindsay Lohan voice too, which all everything about that kid was great. Yeah, it worked. And I do like that Michael Myers didn't kill that baby because I was like, he's going to kill that baby. I know. And you know how like in the beginning, they're like, Michael Myers is pure evil. And then he didn't kill the baby. And I was like, well, come on. He's not that evil. He didn't kill that baby. He he has a heart. So exaggeration much. The bad. Okay. So for me, oh God, sorry. No, you go ahead with your bad, because my my bad isn't that bad. Well, to paraphrase Tammy Roman from the real world Los Angeles, it wasn't not scary. It wasn't scary (laughs) at all. I didn't jump. There were too many jokes, which makes sense because, you know, Dan McBride and the Eastbound and Down and Vice Principals people were behind it. Yeah. But I needed less jokes and more scary parts. Yeah, it 
it really wasn't that scary. Also, I kind of knew, not saying I'm psychic, but I kind of knew going into it, like, Jamie Lee Curtis is totally going to kill Michael Myers. But she didn't. Well, and she, that's the other but thing she bur- that she I didn't burned like. him to death. Well, that's the other thing I didn't like. I thought the ending was very anticlimactic. It was a little corny, too. Well, so corny. the ending... So, for people who didn't see it. So, it yeah. ends with um, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis and her daughter and her granddaughter. They trap Michael Myers in this, like in the basement that's under a kitchen island. So the daughter is ready for this. So she had this kitchen island built that opens when she hits a button and there's a basement where you can hide or whatever. So he gets trapped in there and then they blow up the house. And before they blow up the house, they like have a stare off with Michael as he's trapped in the basement. And so what I didn't understand is like, you know, Lori has been waiting for this moment, right? She's been waiting for him to die. Why didn't she shoot him in the goddamn head to make sure he's dead? I mean, it's Michael Myers. And not, okay, if you didn't want to do that, then when you leave the house and the house is burning up, stand outside the house, wait for it to burn so that he burns in it. Like, they just leave. Yeah, like, you want to see the burning, but like, if Michael Myers is going to try running out of the house, you want to see that burning body running out of the house. And shoot it to make sure his ass is dead. And so, did you see the end credit scene? No, I didn't have one. No, there is. So, the end credit scene is just Michael breathing heavy, which means he survived the fire and was alive enough to jack off, which is why he was having breathing. But, (laughs) so, he's alive. So, I'm like... Bitch, you should have made sure his ass was dead. Yeah, you should have fed him some, like, rotten food or something to make sure that he got, like, botulism so that he was, like, out cold. Well, you got to shoot see him in the his face, dead body. Burn him. Yeah. Yeah. So let's rate it. Okay. So um, we do puckers. So yeah. five puckers being a masterpiece, zero being god-awful. Oh, man, this is going to be hard. I'm, I'm going to say... I'm going to say three puckers because Jamie Lee Curtis is amazing. Also, I loved all of the mannequins in her house. So that for, that made the movie for me. So I'm going to go with three out of five puckers. Okay. So because for me, it wasn't scary. Right. And it's supposed to be a scary movie. I'm going to give it two and a half puckers. Okay. Speaking of scary, um, we are going to tell scary stories from listeners on our Halloween episode. So if you've got one, email us at DTP at DLISA.com, DTP at DLISA.com, and um, scare us, Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that ends this episode. So, um, bye. Bye.